When you're navigating the complicated world of real estate, you want someone you can trust holding your hand along the way. Here's just the right person and just the right program. It's the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. Here's your host and broker owner of the Dan Jemis Real Estate Team, Dan Jemis. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this morning. This hour, we talk all about investment properties and more specifically, property management and tenancy issues. And with me in studio today is a very special guest. It's Marla Coffin, the president and CEO of Marta Management. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm very well. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me this morning. We are uh, super excited to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. We had uh, we had planned you uh, coming on a few weeks ago, and I'm, I'm happy we... Uh, we made it work. Me too. So uh, tell me about uh, Marta. So Marta's been around for, for a little bit. Absolutely. We just celebrated our five-year company anniversary in December. Five years. Yep. Good for yep. you. Thank you very much. Uh, so Marta Management is a full-service property management company. So we do everything from screen tenants, field tenant complaints, maintenance concerns, place tenants, sign leases, collect rent. Uh, essentially, the tenant comes to know us as the landlord, and then we escalate things to the owner only as required. Because most of our owners are looking for an investment, not necessarily for a job. Okay. So they put us in the role of the day-to-day operations and ensuring that they have a viable business model here in the Windsor area. That's that's fantastic. And listen, we've we've been seeing your signs popping up left and right uh, in the coming years. And people often talk about the Dan Jemis team and how fast we've grown. But yeah, you've absolutely. grown, you know, just as fast, if not faster. Well, thank you for saying so. We certainly have seen some some rapid growth, and part of that is managing that growth. But certainly, yeah. we've grown over the last five years and plan to continue to grow for sure. So Marta Management, how, how did the name come around? Uh, your name is Marla. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Marla. My husband's name is Dale. So I'm the Mar, he's the Da. But <laughs> truly, uh, I always say that uh, he's the best partner. We couldn't, I really couldn't do it without him. He's uh, came full time from the University of Windsor 2013 and has been with our team ever since. And certainly uh, he and I do it together and we love it. Fantastic. Good for you. Is the business run out of uh, of an office space out of your home? Uh, it is out of our home right now. Okay. We are looking for a commercial <clears throat> office space currently uh, as our team continues to grow. Fantastic. And you're, you're, are you still you're close to the station, are you not? You, we, we are. We're uh, on Victoria and Tecumseh, okay. so not far at all. Fantastic. Um, how many properties are you, are you currently managing? We currently have 1,250 rental units, and that is a, wow. everything from single-family homes to 40-unit buildings. Uh, we are currently managing in the Windsor, Amherstburg, uh, Kingsville, Leamington, and Chatham areas. So most of our concentration of units is here in the Windsor area. I would say we have about 150 in the county and, okay. and the balance here in the Windsor area. Naturally, the majority of rental properties will be in, in the Windsor area, so that's, that's, yep. not, uh, that's not surprising. But 1,250 units, that yes. seems like a very high number. It is certainly one that has continued to grow over the last five years. There's no doubt about that. We did start five years ago with 35 units under management. It was more wow. of a side job for my husband and I yeah. uh, while working our full-time jobs. My husband at the university, I was working for Chatham-Kent Victim Services, and we decided that you know to take an on-site managerial position to manage 20 or 30 units, whatever it was, as a side job, save to buy a house, things like that, seemed like a good endeavor. Um, my husband has quite a bit of experience at university campuses in residences yeah. with students, so we thought it would be a good endeavor to take, and we've found that it just snowballed from there, literally. So, fantastic! Now, having twelve hundred and fifty, you know, units. What was what was your goal? What did you envision when you first started the company? 
Well, we didn't actually envision that this would be a full-time company. It was it was really intended to be a side job initially. So we started with the 30 units we were managing on site. Um, and when my contract came up at Victim Services, it began to snowball. Uh, we were being asked pretty much left, right, and center if we would just take on just this one more and just this one more and just this one more. And it kind of snowballed from there. And within under a year from there, we decided to actually incorporate. And at that time, we had set a goal. We wanted to manage 1,000 rental units in the Windsor area as a lifetime goal. So that's something that has hit us very hard this past year. We've been very excited to reach that goal, very surprised. Yeah. Um, obviously, we weren't necessarily as intimately familiar with um, the industry and things like that when we made that goal. But certainly, that was our lifetime goal. So that was a pretty exciting thing to surpass this past summer. Time for some bigger goals. I guess so. Right? Yeah. Let's yeah. go for 10,000. Hey, I'd like to see, <laughs> right now our goal is we'd like to see 3,000 units under management, which is 10% of Windsor's rental units that exceed three units or more per location. You can do it. Thank you very much Piece for saying cake. so. Piece I think so cake. too. I hope so. Well, who Who is your uh, your typical client? Um, yeah, so our typical client is from outside of Windsor. We have about 250 clients currently who own these 1,250 rental units. And I would say less than half a dozen live locally. Um, so that's definitely, wow. they're from outside of the city. Primarily, I would say from bigger Canadian cities. So Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Vancouver. And then I've got, you know, a few others sporadically throughout the country. And then in addition to that, I have probably two dozen that live out of country. Wow. So are, are the majority of the properties you mentioned, you know, everything from single family to, you yep, know, 50-ish, 40 yep. units, um, what, what are the majority of your properties? Are they single families? Are they duplexes? Are they multi-units? Most of them are multi-units. Okay. So out of 1,250, I think we have about 150 single family houses. Um, so then, of course, they go up from there, duplex, triplex, fourplex, uh, fiveplex, six, yep. et cetera. But I would say we identify multifamily as eight and more. Okay. And I would say I would say the big bulk of them is eight and more for okay. sure. Okay. Um, with a number of larger buildings as we've continued to grow, of course, we've had an opportunity to dabble in things that are bigger. We're currently in a process bidding on a 76-unit building. So we're starting to grow in that regard in terms of number of units per site location for sure. Fantastic. And you mentioned only a couple of them are local clients? Yeah, less than half a dozen that surprises do I have me. that live locally. I would say our biggest competitor is really the property owner that self-manages. Okay. And those are the individuals who live here locally. It's yep. considerably less viable if you live in the Toronto area or worse, the Vancouver area, to say, yeah, I'll manage my, even if it's just a single family house. I mean, who's going to show your property when it's vacant, et cetera. So, you know, we've, we've had properties ourselves, uh, for, for years now. And yeah. I, I'm always telling myself, I really should just well, hire you to handle this. Well, because... certainly don't hesitate. Some people just decide they don't want the headache. Some people, the other thing is as people grow in their own careers, a lot of times people invest in rental property when they're a little bit younger, yeah. um, but they've got a few dollars to invest in something and they want to invest it somewhere else besides the stock market yes. or, you know, certainly there's not much interest coming in when you're investing at things in the bank right now. But uh, when they invest in property and then they get a little bit older and they find their career flourishing, they realize that what it costs them to pay us, say, for a single family house, which obviously I, I give a quote per location, but yep. to give you an idea, we charge about $75 for a single family house per month. So yeah, for that, that seems fair. when people start to flourish in their own careers, they decide that is just not worth my time. I, I can make more or uh, be more productive spending no that time investing in my own career and yeah. my own family and my own priorities at that time in their life. 
Are there any types of properties you will not manage? Um, not per se, no, not types of properties. There are some specific areas in which we prefer not to take on new clients in. Um, so there are some areas of the city that are a little bit more challenging. We've rated the city and, and developed a bit of a map system, uh, kind of A to D. So A being the best and D minus being the worst. And those areas that are a D minus, we prefer not to take new clients in. Uh, there are not very many of those areas in the city, but yeah. those areas are of higher vacancy, higher maintenance costs, lower clientele, higher crime. And as a direct result, typically cost the property investor considerably more money over time and take considerably more staffing resources of hours to manage in the exact same way that a property, say, in even a C-minus area would. So yeah. we try to steer away from those as best we can, especially as we've grown. We've been become fortunate enough that we can do that. And that's not every business owner's reality, right? Turning down clients and no certainly isn't my yep. preference, but yep. we want to make sure that we're taking on properties that align nicely with our business model of and course. vision. So. Of course. Now, like, like we mentioned, you know, both of our businesses, both of our teams have grown very quickly at a, at a, at a, at a good, good clip. Um, but you and I and, and Dale couldn't do this on our own. No doubt. Tell us <laughs> about, sure. tell us about your team. Absolutely. I have a staff team of 25 in total. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's everything from in-office staff to, uh, we have a team of five handymen. They go to the properties. They do basic, all the basics, okay, locks, things like that. Um, So their scope doesn't necessarily extend too far, but they are able to do all of the basics. So what we've been able to do by creating that in-house maintenance crew is we've been able to keep the maintenance component of property management really cost efficient. Uh, We bill to the quarter hour, for example. So all of our uh, in-house handymen are $23 an hour to the quarter hour, but there are no minimums or service calls. So at the end of the day, if it takes 15 minutes to put in a smoke detector, you pay for 15 minutes plus the smoke detector. And that's wow. really helped property owners. Yeah, it's really helped property owners to um, maintain that bottom line. It's an investment. So if it, the bottom line doesn't make sense, we're really nowhere before we even start, right? Um, that's one fraction of our staffing team. We have a lot of great in-office staff. Uh, we have some fantastic property managers. Uh, my mom actually runs our office, so she's our full-time receptionist. She's fantastic, keeps down our, our crew and, and keeps everything in line. She does a fantastic job. She's been with us for two years. Uh, I have a wonderful, wonderful couple of property managers, Kathleen and Kaylee, who uh, Kathleen has been with us probably the longest. She was the first staff person that I hired after myself when all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, this is getting too big for just me. This is getting crazy. She actually came, uh, someone, I knew her from quite a while ago. She came and volunteered to help me with organize a couple things in our office more just as a friend came in and never left literally she's been with me every day since and she's definitely my right hand there's no doubt about it so honestly I could go on and on about my staff they're fantastic they're the best support team you could ever have and at the end of the day if there's one thing I've realized um, building a business you need you need strength and ambition and motivation and determination and commitment but you need staff support because you sure if you want to grow, if you want to be a one-man show or, you know, you want to have yourself and maybe maybe a helper, that's one thing. But if you want to be a big company and my husband and I want to have a big company, you absolutely have to have reliable staff. And let's be honest, good help is not easy to find. It is so not when you easy hold to it, find. Yep. You, you want to hold it when you find it. So. You're absolutely right there. Listen, when we come back, let's talk a bit about uh, how it would work if, if I wanted to hire a property manager. Sure. Okay. Um, and then we have lots more to cover as well. If you have any questions, uh, you can give us a call here in studio live, 519-792-2559. That's 519-792-CKLW. We'd be happy to talk 
talk about uh, your questions live on the air. Okay, back with more right here on the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, a paid program on AM800. Here's your host and broker owner of the largest real estate team in Windsor, Essex, Dan Jemis. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I have Marla Coffin in with me, the president and CEO of Marta Management. Now, uh, if I have a, a rental property, Marla, that I want to have managed, what are the first steps? So the first steps would be to contact our office. Okay. Uh, ask for myself. I am the primary individual in our office that deals with our clients, okay. new and current. Uh, so you can contact our office at 519-255-RENT. And certainly we would talk a little bit about your property or the property you're looking to acquire. A lot of people call us prior to purchase, wanting to know input about area costs, you know, anticipated factors, things like that, especially if they're not from the Windsor area because they don't necessarily have the local knowledge that can be offered by our office. Uh, From there, if you are at a point where you decide you do want to proceed forward, we would get your appropriate contact information. We would send you a contract through DocuSign we use, which Mm -hmm. is an electronic document signing program. That way they can sign it from wherever they are. And then from there, we acquire keys and we're off and running. We usually attend the property pretty quickly uh, once we've taken it over. We provide current residents with a takeover package explaining who we are, what we're all about, what they can expect from us, what we expect from them, that sort of thing. And that's it. We're off and running from there. We've got a great software system that we use that allows owners to log in to an online portal to see what's going on with their property live. So we usually get them set up with that pretty early in the process as well. What can they see? They can see everything from uh, who's paid, who hasn't paid, what's owed. They can see work orders as they come into our system. So we have a 24-7, 365 maintenance line that residents call whether they have a work order that is an emergency or not an emergency. And what happens is if it is determined to be an emergency based on the criteria that our team has set out, then it will get dispatched to one of our on-call staff who we have rotating around the clock. That way they can connect directly with the resident, hear what the problem is, possibly troubleshoot over the phone, prompt the tenant to put, you know, to turn off the water, to flip a breaker, whatever the case may be, and then determine, do I actually need to call someone out right now on an after-hours call? Can it wait till tomorrow? Most of the time it can wait, but depending on the circumstance. And so if a resident calls that maintenance line and... um, an owner is on the portal, they can see it come in right away live. So they can monitor as closely as they'd like. I mean, with 250 owners, everybody's different, right? So yeah, some owners, more, yeah. yeah, some owners want to see if a light bulb goes out. Other owners are like, just take care of it. Yeah, just take care <laughs> of it. Call me if there's an emergency. Hopefully I don't hear from you. And everything in between. So the portal really allows them to do that. So the majority of the properties you take on, when you when you start working with them, are they typically vacant or do they have tenants in them? A lot of properties that we take over are vacant because often what happens is there's kind of one of two ways in which we intake properties for the most part. One is at the time of sale. So when a new individual or a new investor purchases the property or purchases a property and makes it a, a rental. Uh, So in those cases, it's often, um, if it's multifamily, it's often tenanted already. If it's single family, it's often vacant at that time. Mm -hmm. However, the other way in which we intake properties is just when they're changing managers or they don't want to self-manage anymore. And in those cases, it's more often than not self uh, vacant because yeah. of because they haven't necessarily put the time and effort into it. They're recognizing that, and that's one of the main reasons why they hire us, or they're not happy with their current services from their current service provider or whatever. And which which makes sense. It might be the point where they they've just they've had enough. They've been trying to rent this thing out. They're no sick of you know no shows. <laughs> yep. A lot of people think that you know they've come up with this grand idea to. 
purchase rental property and what an investment it will be. And it'll be a slice of pie to, oh, yeah. to take care of. And yeah. it just, it isn't. <laughs> it just isn't, you know. So when they find that out, sometimes they just let it ride, let it ride, let it ride. And then they realize, wow, this is costing me a lot of money. This is supposed to be an investment. Throwing money at it every time I turn around. There's damages from from tenants. And, you know, I run into people all the time and they're like, I can't imagine how you deal with 1,250 of these. I want to pull my <laughs> hair out. I want to sell it as fast as I can. I, if I could give it away, I, I would. And, you know, what we try to enlighten them about is, look, it is our specialty. That's what we do every single day, every single day. So, you know, that makes a huge difference. We have policies and procedures in place. We have an extensive screening process in place. You know, for example, we only accept 55% of our current applicants. So as a direct result of that, we only evict less than 1% of those. That's fantastic. Thank you. But that's a huge piece because yeah. if I placed a tenant and had to evict them every time I turned around, you wouldn't be too happy with me as managing your asset. So... That's been a huge piece. And in turn, because we only accept 55% of our applicants, most of those people respect their space and pay their rent. Um, and that makes a big difference. People say, well, I got a good vibe from them. My gut said I should rent to them. And the reality <laughs> is you can look the part, but it doesn't mean you're going to play the part. That's exactly it. Um, and you're absolutely right. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about maintenance. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about some tenant issues and yeah. lots more. Great. Because we're going to run out of time. I can just, I can feel it. Sounds good. Okay, so we'll be back with more right after this on the Dan Gemmis Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the show, an advertising feature on AM800. Here's Dan Gemmis, your host and broker owner of the Dan Gemmis Real Estate Team. Welcome back to the show. In studio with me today is Marla Coffin, the uh, president and CEO of Marta Management. We're talking all about income properties and, uh, and property management. Which is uh, which is uh, which is a great topic, and no, Marla. Before we before the break, we were talking a bit about the process for for landlords or for for your clients yep. uh, when looking to have a property uh, managed. Yes. Now, um, give me give me a bit of um, um, of an idea. How do you go about finding tenants? Sure. So our number one advertising source is Kijiji. We have a commercial account with them. Yep. Uh, a couple years ago, Kijiji went to pay per insertion. So unless you're privately posting no more than three ads at a time, you have to pay. So we do have a commercial account with them, and it's definitely our number one source. We have a pretty booming website as well. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we've got a Facebook page and social media and things like that. But primarily, Kijiji is our number one source. Okay. Uh, individuals can call into our office at 255-RENT if they're interested in viewing an apartment. Uh, we do show apartments seven days a week. Uh, we will set up an appointment time with them, confirm with them the day before, show them the rental unit. And then if they do decide that they want to proceed forward, then of course we have an application process that they need to go through. In the application process, I'm sure there's a credit check that's done. Absolutely. A risk, I'm sure. a risk assessment check. Yes. Okay. That's, yeah. which is, which is good. Yeah. And you mentioned that, um, 55%, um, are accepted. That's correct. So okay. we used to not have a risk assessment as a component of our, uh, screening process. And at that time, we were accepting 72% of our applicants. However, we found as soon as we instituted the rent check or, or credit check, that the reality is that people aren't necessarily what they seem. They may have the income yep. to support the rent. They may have been a good tenant previously. But the reality is their financial history is absolutely critical to understanding what kind of risk they are. And we've actually moved to 55% uh, with that institution. And likewise, we evict less than 1% of our tenants, whereas previously we were evicting 6 and 7%. Unbelievable. That's that's a huge change. Huge. You know, it's been a huge um, component for sure. That's great. Let's talk a bit about maintenance. Sure. Now, um, you know, you hire a property manager and you maintain the property. So tell us a bit about what that entails. Sure. 
Um, so one of the fears that a lot of clients have when they hire a property management company, in my experience, is that they're going to see these astronomical bills when it comes to maintenance. Uh, they know that their property management component is a fixed price, but they're afraid of what the rest of it looks like. So what we've done is we've actually brought on a group of handymen that work for our company, as well as a couple of cleaners at a set rate. We bill to the quarter hour with no service calls, no minimums. And what that does is it allows all of the basics to be taken care of in a very cost-efficient manner. Obviously, there are times where we have to outsource, whether that be pest control, if we need a master plumber, master electrician. My brother owns a company called Bubby's Plumbing. He's a master plumber, master heater. So we work with them quite often as they certainly, uh, given my relation to him, he's very, very happy to jump when I actually need him. So that goes a long <laughs> way, as we talked about earlier. Good help is hard to find. Um, so certainly uh, we do outsource some of that kind of stuff. Um, and what we do to keep our costs in line in that regard is we do a request for proposal process whereby many companies take an opportunity to bid on a series of situations uh, that are not real, yep. but they give us a good outline of what they're going to be charging to do X, Y, and Z. And from there, with the requirement that they're licensed, insured, have WSIB, et cetera, because you don't want people in your rental property that are going to jeopardize your rental property. Um, from there, we look at what's going to be most cost efficient, who's going to be the best to work with, et cetera. And we set our default contractors for the following year that way. If something exceeds a threshold of a couple hundred dollars to to 250 dollars we will consult on an individual basis with the owner except in the case of an emergency where we have to do things quickly and at our discretion um, so if it exceeds that threshold we are consulting with the owner on a case-by-case -case basis if it's under that we're taking care of it at our discretion in the most cost-efficient way possible you talk about your emergency maintenance line sure. uh, tell us a bit about how that works sure so we've got a 24 7 365 maintenance line that residents can call whether it's an emergency or not so any work order of any kind that they want to request goes this way. Um, it is a call center, but they are absolutely fantastic. They answer Marta Management Maintenance Division. They take all of the information of the resident and put it into our back-end software that we use mm -hmm. for property management. Um, if it is deemed as an emergency based on the criteria we have set out as a, as a company, it'll get dispatched to one of our on-call staff members right off the bat. Um, that staff person can listen to the call between the call center and the resident, hear what's going on, and then connect through directly to the resident to troubleshoot with them over the phone prompt them to shut off the water, prompt them to flip a breaker, the things that either will mitigate entirely having a service call. Um, the last thing you want to do is send out a licensed electrician to find out that someone didn't flip, flip a breaker, yep. right? Yep. Um, or the other component is you may not need a plumber tonight if I can prompt you to shut the water off to stop it leaking overnight. And, you know, if we can avoid paying an emergency service call, we like to do so at all costs if possible to ensure that we're keeping that cost efficient for our owners. Um, so give me an example of some, in, some in, in true emergencies. So obviously... Sure heat in the winter will be a true emergency yep um so no heat definitely is a big one in the winter frozen pipes yep. is a big one it happens even in occupied properties to much of my surprise coming into this business and the other one i would say is is floods so when water is backing up um, we've seen that a fair bit over the last couple of years in different areas like LaSalle has had a big problem with water backups, mm -hmm. water coming up in basements, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, when it's coming up, you need to send oh, someone yeah. at that point, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's me. not be oh, there yeah. tomorrow. No, yeah. I mean, and part of it is protecting that owner's asset, right? Yes, of course. Because the quicker we can get there, the quicker we can stop the problem or the quicker we can prompt the tenant to stop it on the phone, the faster it's going to protect that asset for the owner. Um, 
Do you, as a management company, handle renovation work at all, or do you just? I'm, I'm we just... do, yeah, we do some small scale renovation work, so flooring, paint, things like that. Okay. Uh, we have one component of our crew that mainly focuses on those elements. He has quite a bit more experience, and renovations is his forte. Okay. Um, so he does do that. However, we also outsource to a few different crews locally who. We're always looking for crews that are big enough that we know their quality. They're going to do a good job. They're, they have insurance. They have WSIB. But at the same time, we're not looking to pay a general contractor who we have to pay the person swinging the hammer and for the sure. person overseeing, right? So to keep things cost efficient. Um, so do you typically, once a tenant leaves a unit, um, is it typical for uh, Marta, for the landlord, I guess, to freshen it up, to clean it up, to get a cleaner in there, to freshen the paint? We do clean between every tenant, absolutely. Uh, there are very, very few that the tenant has left it clean enough that you actually don't yeah. need to send someone. Sometimes, you know, they're spending more time there than others. Sometimes it's just a quick once over. But yes, absolutely, in between tenants, we are definitely cleaning it head to toe. We also do what is a, called a pre-move and inspection. Yep. Uh, that's something that was developed by uh, Kevin, one of our first, our first handymen that we had brought on board, who was noticing a trend whereby tenants were moving in and they were having really small issues, but they were continual. So the resident would call and say, there's a light bulb missing in the kitchen. We'd go deal with that. Then they call the next day and say, my smoke detector battery is beeping. So we would go deal with that, et cetera, et cetera. So by instituting this pre-move and inspection, it really just ensures there are no plumbing leaks. The appliances all work. The locks work. The keys work. The light bulbs are all in. The smoke detector and all of our fire safety stuff is in compliance. And we do that before every tenant moves in as well. Which is which is huge. That's and, huge. And it's a big component for sure. No and doubt. it saves the tenant from being frustrated. The last thing you want to do is move into a new apartment and have eight things go wrong in the first uh, three days you're there, right? On a monthly basis, how many units do you have that you're looking to rent? So uh, what's the turnover rate on, on from your end with so the 1250 So turnover rate, there's a couple different factors that I can share with you. So one is that... Um, we have a, an actual, in terms of time duration, turnover rate of about 18 months. Um, so any given individual is there for about an 18-month stretch. Okay. All of our leases are standard one year. Yep. Uh, however, our target clientele, I would say, is young professionals age 20 to 35. And as a direct result, they're not necessarily lifers, if you will. Yep. We have some people that are there for a long time, yep. but that would be our average in terms of span in that regard. Now, rentals are also cyclical. I mean... Last January, we had seven new move-ins, and last September, we had 86. That's wow. You can't compare yep. that, right? Yep. So, yep. I, I mean, at any given time, I'd say we have about 35 move-ins a month on average. Okay. Um, do tenants, and again, I should mention, if anyone has any questions for Marla on the air, they can they can give us a call here in studio, 519-792-2559. That's 519-792-CKLW. Uh, Marla, do tenants ever give you, I shouldn't say, I'm sure they do, do they ever give you a hard time? Um, sure. with access to the units? Uh, they do, yeah. I mean, it depends who it is. It depends on their approach. Yeah. Typically, we find that individuals, for the most part, are pretty good. Um, we give, of course, 24 hours notice to enter if we're going to be doing a repair or a walkthrough or an inspection or anything like that. One thing that is widely misunderstood, I find, is that when a resident gives notice to vacate, so they're deciding to leave the apartment, they are required in Ontario to give 60 days notice. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, the Landlord-Tenant Board and the Landlord-Tenant Act does not actually require the landlord to provide 24 hours notice to enter to show the suite. Right. And that's largely misunderstood. Tenants get, at first, you know, we try to manage their expectations and tell them that on the front end at the time that they give notice because we found that people really didn't know that and they thought they were kind of being gypped, if you will, or they were kind of, you know, not getting the full proper notice period. Whereas if you're in town today and you want to see today, the last thing a landlord wants is to lose that opportunity because of course. the tenants 
sticking their heel in the mud and saying, no, 24 hours. Another popular clause that people are often confused about is the pet clause. No doubt. Um, do you deal with anything uh, regarding the pet clause? For the most part, I mean, the reality of the matter is simply that we are looking at your entire application as a tenant applicant, yeah. and that includes every single factor. We want to know if you um, smoke, if you've ever been evicted, if you where you heard about us, if you have a vehicle, if you have dependents, what your income factor is, you need to prove your income. All of those things come into play, including if you have pets and if so, what kind and what size. And yeah. all of those things are going to be factors. It's also vastly different if you're looking to rent a single family house from us yeah. compared to if you're renting a condo. We have a lot of condos that we manage, which are one-off single condos yep. owned by investors. And as a direct result, we're required to abide by the condo corporation and their bylaws. So right. there are some different factors depending on where people are applying, yes. That's one that's always surprised me. And, and uh, everyone thinks, oh, no, I have, I have a pet clause uh, or I have, I've just bought a property. I'm going to put a no pet clause. Absolutely. People don't understand. That, yeah, I was at to tell them, well, it's, it's not <laughs> going to make a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, the law is it's you, void. you don't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> that's the reality of the matter. I mean, yeah. we are cognizant of size and things like that. But if someone moves in and buys a German Shepherd, there's nothing you can nothing do. Nothing you can do. Exactly. Let's take another break. When we come back, I've got a whole bunch more to go over. Sounds good. I don't good. know where to start. You're in the right place for the best real estate advice in Windsor, Essex. It's the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, a paid program on AM800. Back to the show with your host and broker owner of the Dan Jemis Real Estate Team. Welcome back to the show. Marla Coffin in studio with me today. She's the president and the CEO, the big cheese <laughs> at Marta Management. Uh, a, a very quick, uh, fast-growing a property management uh, company here in Windsor, Essex. We see your signs all over the place. We always hear with the Dan Jemis team. We see your signs all over the place. We see your face all over the place. I see your signs all over the place. Well, thank you for saying so. It's been uh, it's been super fun to watch your watch your growth. And thank you. We have a lot of our clients that have been using your services. Everyone's Wonderful. been super happy. Very nice. Um, thank you. You know, when we had the opportunity to bring you on the show. It's uh, I jumped at it. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Uh, one thing, because I've got a whole bunch of more stuff to cover, but uh, you made a quick mention of the Syrian refugees coming Absolutely. into Windsor. Sure. Tell the listeners a bit about uh, what you're telling me. Sure. Well, what I'm finding is that uh, we're seeing that there just is not enough housing. It's very, very challenging, and that's happening throughout the entire country, not yeah. just here in Windsor. In fact, many bigger cities like Ottawa, um, Toronto, have actually asked the government to stop the, the intake of refugees into those cities for the time being until they can find permanent housing for those that have already landed and already come. Um, so that's a big challenge for a lot of cities. Uh, for the Windsor area, given that we have a vacancy rate that has dropped dramatically in the last five years, but yet still a vacancy rate that is relatively significant to other Canadian cities, we've been fortunate enough to fill some of those vacancies, a good number of those vacancies, with the refugee families that are coming. Um, Windsor, I believe, has taken in about 36 families, and Marta Management has filled uh, about 16 of them, placed 16 of them. So certainly we've played a big uh, part in placing those residences. How does it work? If if there's someone out there that's listening and says, you know what, I have, I have a, a, a property that I wouldn't mind, you know, placing a Syrian, you know, family in. Absolutely. How does it work uh, for a property owner? So we work very, very closely with the Multicultural Council of Windsor. 
Uh, they place a lot of the refugees. There are some privately being placed as well that we've also taken part in. Mm-hmm. But the Multicultural Council, they're absolutely busting at the seams. They have taken over the entire days in downtown because they temporarily are placing them there while they seek out housing. Um, often it's bigger families, so bigger yeah. homes are harder to come by as rentals. Uh, I would say the vacancy rate among single-family houses is probably less than 1% right now in the city. So as a direct result, and that's the primary type of accommodation they're looking for, that's most ideal for their family, which is often larger, et cetera. And so certainly, by all means, we are very connected to the Multicultural Council and into helping them place their uh, refugees that come here to Windsor. Wow. It's it's pretty interesting, right? And when we started hearing about the the refugees coming into the city, you don't start you don't think about all those things. You know, you need, you need somewhere to place them. There are a lot of right? factors. Absolutely, there's a lot of factors. We've worked closely with the multicultural council before in placing refugees um, from other places. And um, go ahead, yeah. No, no, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. What we find is that it's very interesting because those uh, refugee families that are being placed, first of all. The children in those families are typically speaking English in like six weeks. Oh, wow, yeah. Which is unbelievably shocking because when we first meet them and they come to sign a lease, they come with an interpreter and they don't speak a word of English, not them or anyone else in their family. The children pick it up, quick, you know, most quickly. And really the adults we tend to find are contributing citizens to the Windsor area in 12 to 24 months. They're seeking gainful employment, et cetera. And, and really, if you think about it, I would think it'd be pretty safe as a landlord to bring in a senior refugee um, family because isn't the government helping out? Is The government you know? is absolutely providing providing services and, and funding for sure. And I will tell you that unlike the way the government provides funding for social assistance here in Windsor or Ontario Disability Program, et cetera, um, the refugees are very committed to the concept of housing. Yes. That's a huge priority from for, for them. I mean, that's their number one priority is making sure their family has a roof over their head. And we, I don't think we've ever had a refugee-placed family that has defaulted on their rent or been evicted. So that's a huge component because that makes them a pretty safe risk. Yeah. And not everyone is, so. Unbelievable. You know, we talk about the extremely low vacancy rate here in Windsor. Um, now, that hasn't been the case Absolutely. <laughs> in a very sure. long time. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you, you tell me that, and obviously being in real estate, I, I know that myself, yeah. but it's it's pretty shocking. Tell people out there uh, what you've seen in the past and sure. what, what you're seeing now. Sure. I would say when we got into the industry uh, in 2009, 2010, we were seeing vacancy rates of 15 and a uh, what was happening was a lot of individuals were self-managing their properties. And what was happening was it was a bit of a spiral effect whereby, uh, you know, they'd have a vacancy and then another unit would call and say, you know, my sink isn't draining and they wouldn't want to put the money in to go deal with that because they feel as though they don't have the funds because they have vacancies. Then that person would move out and it would just snowball on them. Uh, we saw that a lot in the last five years. However, Windsor's vacancy rate as the economy, market and surroundings have changed the vacancy rate has dropped dramatically and continues to decrease. It's in fact projected to decrease almost another 1% in the next 12 months. Jeez. So Windsor's vacancy rate right now is 4.6%. Yep. Our company tends to run a vacancy rate of the city's rate less 1% approximately. So right now we're running about 3.6% within our company. Um, however, that's taking into account all rental properties that exceed three units. Um, because the the city is not very capable of creating statistics associated with rental properties that are under three units because it's a little bit less clear. Some people have a house. Sometimes they live in it. Sometimes it's a rental. Maybe they have a basement they run out. Maybe they don't. So they stick with three units and more to create those statistics. 
Unbelievable. Now, if I, you know, the Dan James team has clients looking to buy a rental property, what are the areas that we should be recommending that they purchase? Um, what we call A areas, uh, there's not very many of them, and they're areas whereby mostly are surrounded by homeowners. Yep. So east, we, we say east of Pilette Road, uh, so getting east end is certainly well sought after. South Windsor, we say anything south of EC Row, absolutely La Salle, Tecumseh, those are huge areas, although naturally, because they're less available, you can get more rent, but yes. likewise, they cost more to buy. Yep. Uh, they're usually newer in terms of build, and therefore, they have less maintenance. But again, the cost up front is sometimes a little more significant. So it isn't necessarily everybody's style, but certainly a lot of our clients have gone that route. And you'll deal with a different client. All of our properties, we've always purchased La Salle, Amherstburg Way. Um, Very and different, different clientele. clientele, right? No um, we've never had a problem with late payment. Uh, vacancies we have people lined up for the properties once once you have a a, a property yep. but you know what i still have to take care of the place that's right which i don't like doing <laughs> that's right. right which that that's that's where you from. exactly thank <laughs> okay, you give us thank a call you. <laughs> <laughs> um you know we, we talked a little earlier in the show about uh the eviction process and and you have a very low rate which is which is fantastic with marta management um but when it does happen and it, it will it'll always it happen yep Tell me about how that process works because sure. um, you obviously handle it for no your, your clients, yeah. correct? Um, yeah, all of our clients are pretty much hands-off. So um, for the eviction process, it's a multi-stage process in the province of Ontario whereby the first step in the process is usually filling out a form that has been generated by the Landlord-Tenant Board uh, that is usually an N form, so uh, N4, N5, etc. N6, N7, etc. So we fill those forms out. We issue N4s, which are for non-payment of rent, the most common type of eviction. We issue almost 100 a month. Usually that's just lighting a fire saying, yep. hey, it's the third you haven't paid. We do that automatically if you owe more than $5 between the third and the fifth of every month because our best saying in our office is you don't pay, you can't stay. It's very <laughs> it's very straightforward um, at the end of the day, right? So um, that process starts. That gives the resident 14 days to pay or vacate. If they do not do either of those things, meaning if they do not pay in full or they do not vacate the property by that expiry date on the eviction notice, then you are at that point able to file uh, with the Landlord-Tenant Board, which does cost the person who's filing $170 cost filing fee. Um, but you're filing an L form, so L1, L2, L3, L4. And what that does is that generates a court hearing date. You do attend the court hearing date in Windsor. They are held at Mackenzie Hall on Sandwich Street. And at that point, the tenant has an opportunity to attend, you know, state their case if there is one. Usually when the tenants don't pay, most of the time they don't show up either. Yeah, yeah. There's not much argument to be had. They don't pay and that's the end of it. So they know they haven't paid and so do you. Uh, at that point, you get a typically a standard eviction order, which gives the resident um, some period of time to vacate. It's 11 days typically. Um, if they don't vacate and you're really stringing out the process, then you can go to the Sheriff's Office of Windsor, which is uh, downtown Windsor, where you can apply to have the sheriff attend the property. They will attend the next business day and give the resident seven days to vacate. And on the seventh day, they will attend and forcibly remove the resident if they are still there. I've been to those It can be gatherings. a long process. It is. Well, I've actually been to a doorstep with the sheriff. Yes. It can, it's, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. It's no. relatively shocking when the individual is still there. Oh, that yeah. doesn't happen that often, nope. but it does happen and yep. it is shocking. Um, for us, the reality is the opportunity cost is so great in addition to the court filing fees and all of that and the lost rent. I mean, once you're evicting someone, they're not going to continue paying you. Yeah. That's pretty typical. Yep. So, you know, we try to do whatever we can to say, hey, listen, let's part ways amicably. 
Peace out. Yep. Get your, give, give us your notice. <laughs> pack your stuff up and see your way out at the end of the day. I mean, that's the most viable for everyone involved. And we tell them, we don't, you don't want this on your credit. You don't want us chasing you. You don't want us sending it to collection. So let's part ways. Well, listen, we're we're out of time. We can go another couple hours. Yeah, We've got to have sure. you back on. Absolutely. We're going to make this a regular occurrence. Anytime. How do people uh, find out all about MARDA management? Absolutely. First of all, you can visit our website at www.mardamanagement.com. You can also call our office if you'd like more information at 519-255-RENT. Or you can email me at marla at mardamanagement.com. Nice and easy. We're going to have all their information on the Dan Jemis website as well in the People We Trust section. Okay, so thank you so much for joining me today, Marla. Thank you very much for having me. We really appreciate it. Great having you. Thanks, and uh, we'll do it again. Sounds great. There you go. That's uh, Marla Coffin, the president and CEO of Marta Management. Lots more to come. And thank you again for listening. We'll wrap it up right after this. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you are thinking of buying or selling a home, please give the Dan Gemis team a call. We would love to help. We'll come out there and give you a free home market evaluation. Our information is uh, is on our website, dangemis.com. You can give our office a call seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We'll answer the call. Okay, 519-566-5565. We don't sleep. Okay, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. If you thought about selling or buying a home in the future, the Dan Jemis Real Estate team would love to help. Visit the team's website at danjemis.com or call the office seven days a week, 519-566-5565.